Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. My name is Adam. I am the volunteer coordinator and one of the communicators here at DHC. I love uh, when new folks come into the church and they come up to me as their way in and they see me wearing a microphone. They're like, you do that too? And I was like, yeah, a little bit. So we'll have to just see how it goes uh, up here today. But I'm thankful for the opportunity to do it and to engage with you here today. And what I love so much about the conversation and or the series that we're in is that we are having a dialogue about this idea of this is true, that is real. It's the idea that what we would do is we would take these things that we know to be true and put them over here and go, yes, this is true, but what about this? What about this idea on the other side? And what does that look like? And so for the next number of weeks, I just believe that this is one of the most important message series is that we will walk through as a church together. And so let's talk about truths for a second, can we? Because I just believe that there are a lot of things that are true. And there's a lot of things that many of us, even in this room, could agree that are true. Some of those things are difficult things. Some of those things are easier than other things. The problem with truth is not actually the truth. Oftentimes, where the tension comes in between these two ideas is not the truth itself, but the tension is in how the local church has handled the truth. And so what has happened inside of the local church over the course of time, and this is why we're doing this series, is because what the local church has done is they said, okay, let's take everything over here on the true category and let's just say that it's true and we won't even address the things that are real. What we've done in the process of that is we've taken out the tension because human beings are afraid of tension, aren't we? We kind of look at it like this, seen this rubber band, John had it last week, and it's this tension that if you pull it, it's actually going to get a little more tense and a little more tense. But I just believe that tension is true and real and beautiful and powerful, and it exists in the middle of these two things. And I just believe that when you remove the tension, you take away the energy, right? I believe when you take away the tension, you take away the energy from a dialogue and a conversation and a discussion and a figuring it out together, right? And we just are scared of tension. We're so scared of it. All we do is want to live over here in the true category because we just believe that tension, excuse me, threatens the truth, right? We just believe that tension threatens the truth. We believe that tension competes with truth. And we also believe that tension waters down the truth. So what we say is, we say, we can't talk about these things over here that are real. What are those things you might ask? We're going to talk about a couple of them today. But we just go, okay, we're only going to address truth. And there's somewhere in the balance, in the middle, that we have to have a conversation and a discussion about faith and real issues in culture and society. Because what culture says is they look at the true category and they go, I got it. I know it. I don't need you to explain it to me anymore. But what about this? We just believe that we should embrace tension around here at Downtown Harbor Church. We just believe that tension doesn't make truth less true. We believe it makes it more real. We just don't believe that tension makes truth less true. We just believe it makes it more real. 
We believe that somewhere along the way, as we sit around with each other and have conversations and agree and disagree and kind of think about life and examine life, that it's one of those things that we could actually have a conversation about that we live in this tension and wouldn't God do beautiful things in the tension? So I want to tell you about today's message for a second. Um, I just believe that today's message, if you let it, is going to change your life. This is how important this moment is. Maybe some, some of you in ways you didn't even know it in supernatural ways are sitting here today listening to this and it actually could change your life right where you're at. And God ordained it long ago. How? We're not really sure, but we know that we're here. Those people who will listen online, maybe today, maybe in the future. I just believe that if we have an opportunity to sit back and let this message that we're going to talk about today resonate with us as we embrace the tension, I just believe that this message will change your life as we look at the tensions that we're going to talk about today. So in this series, this is true, that is real. There's one word that we've been talking about and focusing on, which I think is really key. And that word is yes. Because one of the things that we say is yes, okay? Yes, 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 this is true. But yes, 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 that is real. So last week, John talked about this. He talked about trust. He said, hey, I, I just believe something. I believe that trust leads to stronger faith. That when we say yes to a holy God, that when we put our trust in him, even though that we may not understand it and there's tension there, we don't get everything, but we try to just cross the line of faith and say yes. And God, I, I'm blindly sometimes I'm going to trust you. I just believe that that leads to stronger faith. But we also said yes to something else last week. We said yes, doubt also leads to stronger faith. That I don't know a single Christian who hasn't doubted. I don't know anybody who sat back and said, yes, I believe every single word and every single syllable without question. I've never had trial. I've never gone through anything in my life. I just, I just don't doubt. I've never met anybody like that. Maybe you have. But we've just said in the tension of the, in, in the middle of the tension of these two things, trust and doubt that beautiful faith exists and that the local church has been scared of doubt, but doubt actually leads to stronger faith just alongside trust. Let me tell you something else that I believe, and I think this is so important to what we're talking about today. I believe yes you can know God. I believe that we can collectively, individually know God. I believe that we can embrace who our creator of the universe is. I believe that as we sit back and look at this word know and we understand that yes, we can actually know and have a relationship with and not only just have a relationship with, we can know about the creator of the massive universe. Furthermore, as Jesus Christ, who we believe to be the risen Messiah, walked this earth, I just believe something that Jesus walked the earth to show the world who God is. Not only did he do that, he also walked the earth and proved that he was God. 
So if we want to take a look at God and we want to know him, first of all, we look to Jesus and we said, okay, Jesus, you were who you said that you were. I can know about God and I can know God through you. Yes, I can know God. Yes, you can know God. In in the book of John chapter 14, verse six, it said this, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the father except through me. As we look at this idea and and human beings struggle with this, and this is where there's tension, is that they don't understand how they, a finite being walking the earth, could actually know God, their creator. But I just want to blow your mind for a second and give you this thought. Because as we look at this truth, yes, you can know God. What if we just thought about this? that a hundred years from now, the only thing that will matter is your relationship with God. Chew on that one for a minute. Do you think about that? A hundred years from now, the only thing that will matter is your relationship with God. Now you might say, well, Adam, all right, that makes sense and I agree with that, but what about this and what about that and what about my family who I love and what about all the things I've done here on earth and what about those things that I care about? Well, well, I just think it's important for us to understand there's tension here. Is that yes, you can know God, but I also believe something else. And I think this is maybe one of the most important things that I learned along the way and became okay with is that yes, you can know God. But yes, God is a mystery. And I think this is so key for us to sit back and understand. It's this idea that what we would do is we would understand that God has given us the ability, specifically through faith in Christ, to know him. But he's also a mystery. See, I just believe this. I believe with all of my heart, there are many things that we know about God. There are many things that we can read in the Bible historically about God. And furthermore, we see those things, as I already mentioned, lived out through Jesus Christ walking the earth. You want to know who God is? Take a look at how Jesus lived and he proved that he was who he said that he was. There are many things we know about God. Here's where the tension comes in. And this is what I love so much. There are also a lot of things that we don't know about God, right? I mean, if you know everything about God, and I've met a lot of people who think they do, I, I would like to see where you got it from or sit down and have a conversation with you because, I mean, I just believe that there's tension here, is that yes, you can know God. You can absolutely know God. And yes, God is a mystery, And somewhere in the middle of that tension, there's so many amazing, beautiful things that we can embrace together. See, a lot of times people look at the tension here and they give up. They give up because they can't understand the reality. They don't get it. And because they don't know everything, they give up on having faith in the things that they do know. Here's just what I want you to know. This is not a cop-out, by the way. A lot of times people use this as a cop-out or an excuse. I just believe that this is reality. 
human beings are not meant to know everything about God. They're not. You are a finite being in a finite world and God more huge and big that you could ever imagine is this miraculous being. And you're not going to understand and figure out everything. There was a number of years ago that um, John and I, even long before we started DHC, we had a, a history of after our previous job, we would go out um, generally on a Thursday afternoon because we didn't work Fridays at that job. We would go out and we would uh, usually go to a happy hour and we would get into a lot of these conversations, right? And one night, I'll never forget it, um, we were having this conversation and we were having it at the hut. Now, does anybody remember the hut in Fort Lauderdale? What a treasure it was. They ripped it down, unfortunately. It had been here for a number of years, but they bulldozed it. If you don't know the hut, man, you missed out on some great, phenomenal memories there. But I'll never forget one night, John and I were sitting there. That's back when John used to wear pink pants because he was one of those guys who was a Vineyard Vines guy. I'll never forget the evening because somebody came up to us and asked us, hey, if we knew the, the score of the Miami Heat game. And I'll never forget John's response. John's our lead pastor, if you're new here, by the way. John, this guy asked the score of the Miami Heat game. And John said, bro, I'm wearing pink pants. Do you think I know the score of the Heat game? Which I thought was really interesting. But on that same night, what was really cool is that I remember having a theological discussion with John. And I remember we were apart on one of these issues. Like, well, we weren't lining up, we weren't sinking. And one of the things that we said to each other, which I think is so interesting, is we actually both kind of uttered the phrase, do you think the things that theologians and scholars and historians have been trying to figure out from the beginning of time are going to be figured out by two guys sitting at the hut in Fort Lauderdale in 2011 or whatever it was? And we said, no, probably not. And we coined a phrase that night kind of with each other. And we've said it over the years, and I think it's so true. It's this idea that human beings weren't meant to know everything about God. And in the tension of God that you can know, a God that you can know and God being a mystery, I just want everybody to understand this. It's okay to say, I don't know, right? It's okay to say, I don't know. And a lot of Christians who think that they know everything about God are scared to death to say this because they want to know it all. Human beings aren't meant to know everything. And that's not a cop-out or an excuse to say when something bad happens that you don't understand. They're not. Our minds and bodies are not meant to be these spiritual beings in terms of the next level of the universe and God who created all things. It's okay that we don't understand them. It's still a mystery and that's okay. The book of Titus chapter one, this is so interesting. It gives us context into this, right? It says this, this truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life. That's another thing. What does that mean, right? We could talk about that all day, right? Eternal life, which God, who does not lie, I love that, that God's not a liar. That's so good, right? Promise them before the what? The world began. So I read this this week, and I was exploring some of the mysteries of the Bible and God's massive universe, and I started to think, now, let me think about this, okay? Before the world began, how is this possible? But 
All right, so I try to wrap, think about this with me for a second. Really go deep with me for a second, right? Because I've been thinking about this a lot because of the show Loki on Disney+. Plus, and I got to tell you, I can't figure this out. If, you've, if you're not watching Loki, you're missing out on some of these things. God, you know, being a mystery. And I think it's really important. But it started to think before the world began. There was, God existed before the world began, like my mind doesn't, if you understand that, like you shouldn't be here, like in Fort Lauderdale on a Sunday, like you should be somewhere like high up, like in a building with a great office and making way more money than you're probably making. Cause I don't like, I don't get this. What do you mean before the world began? Like the timeline, like, is that real? Did it branch? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. And you probably don't either. And I think it's okay to say that. I'm taking you off the hook for having the answers for everything and living in the tension of the reality of faith. Some of you have not crossed the line of faith because of these kinds of questions. What does eternal life look like? I don't know. I wish that I knew. I don't know. Why do bad things happen? I don't know. What happened to the dinosaurs? I don't know. There's a lot of theories. I don't know. And it's okay that I don't know because I don't care to find out. I want to stand in this city and figure out how to love my neighbor as myself, as Jesus called me to do, not figure out the mysteries of the universe sitting at the hut. I'm not going to be able to do that. The mysteries of God should amaze us, not alarm us. I had a conversation with a friend recently about faith. He asked me, he said, I know that you're a guy who's a Christian and a faith-based person, and he said, could I ask you some questions? I love that when people ask me that question. Rather than us having to start the dialogue, I was like, absolutely. And, and it was such an interesting dialogue because he said, basically, I can't get to the line of faith because I can't figure everything out. And my response to him was simple. You're not supposed to. Stop trying. And he couldn't get there because he can't figure everything out. Because many people haven't understood and embraced how to live in the tension of these two things. If we were being honest as Christians, right? We land over here. If we were being honest as Christians, we think we know more, right? A lot of times we pump up our theological chests and push them out. And we think we know more. We think we know more than other denominations. We think we know more than other believers, right? Have you ever, like I was in a staff meeting at a church one time and somebody raised their hand and they were making a comment on the devotional and they raised their hand and they go, you know, I'd really like to be a first John one, seven kind of a guy. And I go, what the heck is he talking? <laughs> you know that one? No, neither did he, right? But that was the, but we like to just pump our chests up and think that we know more other denominations, other believers, non-believers, right? It's one of those things that we just need to figure out that we, we just like to say that and do that. And that doesn't help in anybody. You want to know what the statement is in my life that has helped me more than ever reach other people or have understanding about faith. This is one of the statements that has helped me. I don't have this all figured out but I have faith anyway because Jesus saved my life and I'm a living, walking, breathing example of redemption. That's why I have faith. I don't know when the earth was created. I don't care. I have a lot to do. I don't know what happened to the dinosaurs 
And whether it was a flood or an asteroid or, you know, they ran out of leaves or meat, I don't know. I don't, I don't have, who, I have, listen, I have an 18 month old. I don't know where you're like taking time to figure this out. But like my latest thing is like cleaning the drool off the couch that I'm always walking around with, you know, the spray bottle. By the way, just a side note, is there anything better in life than Fabuloso? Because if there is, I haven't seen it. I haven't met it, but I just, it's a very side note that's my mind does that, okay? I have this all figured out. It's just what I believe. I believe, yes, you can know God. Yes, you can know God specifically through understanding and seeing and learning who Jesus is and who he was when he walked the earth. And I also believe this. I just believe, yes, God is a mystery. I just believe that those two things can coexist in the same world. So with that information, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do now that you understand that the tension is real, it exists? There's a lot of people in your life you might even feel like you need to have conversations with about this to go, yes, that is so true. And I've never heard it put that way. I had never heard it put that way before we started doing this. This is so true. Yes, you can know God. Yes, God is a mystery. You want to know something else I believe is true? I believe this is so cool. I believe that you can become a Christian in a moment. I believe, let me say this a different way because we're using kind of the same language around here. I believe you can know God in a moment. I just believe that you can know God in a moment. And I just believe that there could be a moment in your life that happens where you just kind of cross the line of faith. Famous the, the most famous passage of scripture of all time, John 3, 16. You've heard it, even if you've never been in church before. You've probably seen it tattooed somewhere. You've probably seen it on a sign at a football game. For this is how God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So basically what this is saying is that if you, as an individual, say yes to Jesus, Open your heart and life to allowing him into your life, acknowledging that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, that we become saved, an old school Christian word, right? And that we shall not perish, but have eternal life. And I just believe that in every one of our faith journeys, that there was a moment where that happened. For me, I don't necessarily have the exact moment figured out, but it was sometime around third, fourth grade when I was in church and I was trying to figure out the whole Jesus thing. And it was for me, it was like, okay, Adam, you can pray this prayer and you will become a Christian. Jesus will come into your life. You can know God in a moment. And so I did that. And in that moment, Jesus entered my life and heart and the Holy Spirit entered my life and heart. And that was the decision that I made when I was a very young man, not a man at that point, still debatable at that point, whether it's, but anyway, so for some of you that happened in, in a church, maybe you were, maybe you don't remember the moment that it happened, but you've just been on the journey. Maybe it was in the front of a room, maybe in a church that you knew you walked toward the front of a room and you, uh, you know, kind of got down on your knees or maybe they just prayed over you. Maybe it happened in your house. Um, maybe you were in a group of people who explained this to you and you said, okay, this is my moment. This is my time. Maybe it was just in your heart where you were just by yourself and you were listening to the radio 
I've heard stories about somebody, people I know have been listening to the radio and all of a sudden that God just listens or God just, they're listening and God just enters their heart right there. And they're just, they need to pull the car over and say, yes, Jesus, I, I embrace and accept you. Come into my life, change my life. I just believe that you can become a Christian in a moment. You can know God in a moment. I believe that's true. I also believe this. I believe that it will take you forever to figure out what that means. I believe that that is true and that looks really simple. Okay, done. I remember when I was a kid just going, okay, I prayed the prayer. I'm good now. I'm done. Anybody else been there? Wow, I'm going to go to heaven someday. To, to, to be with Jesus, to see people who've gone before me. I, I'm going to become a Christian in a moment. And then you grow up. And you realize there's a big world out there full of life for you to stumble through. And your mind is hit with all kinds of information and direction. And, and you're just trying to figure it out. So, yes, I believe that you can become a Christian in a moment but I also believe it will take you forever to figure out what that means. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about your faith, your own faith journey? Maybe you're in this room and you're not even on a faith journey yet. Maybe you're like, hold on, let me just stop for a second. Maybe you're like, I hear that moment stuff and I've never done that and it's time for me to do it. I don't know if that's where you're at, but maybe that's you. And if that's you, I'll give us an opportunity to do that as we close, but maybe that's right where you're at today. But, but let me just stop and say, okay, if you are a Christian and you've been on a journey, um, have you ever thought about your faith and sat back and asked yourself, what in the world am I doing? How, how am I supposed to understand this faith thing? Like, did I make this right decision? Did I do the right thing? Is God really real? Did Jesus really walk the earth? Is, 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 and, and, and you're asking yourself, did, did I really do the right thing here? What in the world am I doing? My life is a mess. My life is a disaster. My family's a mess. My job's a mess. We've all been through times like this. What in the world, is my, what in the world am I doing? There's tension here. And the reason that there's tension here is because Christianity was never just supposed to be a moment. And we've confused ourselves. And we've said, okay, you, all you got it, this is what churches have said. Oh, pray the prayer and you're in, right? Pray it, pray the prayer. Come on, put your hand in the air and let us know you prayed the prayer. Ma'am, like you, that's what we'll do. And, and, and then all of a sudden people go, okay, I did it, I'm done, I'm in. Christianity was never meant to be a moment. It is a lifetime of trial and error, stumbling and reconciliation. It is one of those things that is a journey from start to finish. That when you become a Christian, it just starts and you go on this journey throughout your life that will take you 
forever to figure out what it means because it's confusing, it's hard, it's weird, it's strange. You don't understand all the things that go on. You meet like friends who are Christians and who you wouldn't normally be friends with in life before you became a Christian. And then you're like, wow, like these are my friends now, you know, because I'm a Christian. Like, yeah, and yes, that's true. Like, like downtown Harbor Church, like we got a, we got a couple of these folks here. Like if you looked around, like there's some weirdos here and at DHC. And, and let me explain something to you. We love weirdos because I'm kind of a weirdo. And I say like the volunteer team, like they're like the Muppets. They're nice weirdos. Okay. And like you go through all these things that we all kind of go through together, stumbling and reconciliation, getting back up after you get knocked down, understanding that Jesus is by your side and in your heart and will never forsake you and never leave you and never let you go. I don't know about you, but I hate running. I think that people who are runners are a very special, unique group of folks. They might be tad unstable. Um, Maybe (laughs) therapy could be in their future. My wife is one of these people. She's watching. Thanks for checking us out, Caitlin. Make a couple appointments when you get home, but... I don't understand people who go out and go, let me run 26.2 miles. What's wrong with someone, right? And so, but I, but I do think that in the idea of running, there is a great analogy about faith. And I think it's important for us to look at in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through two. And it says this, just stay with me for a couple more minutes here. Therefore, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, back to it'll take you forever to figure out what that means and God is a mystery. Okay, right there, like that. Okay, we can talk about that all day, but let's keep going. It says, let us throw off everything, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangled. That I get, I got it. Get rid of all the junk, okay? And then he goes on. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Compared it to a race. And faith is one of those things that if you want to think about running, you want to think about what your faith journey looks like, you actually might want to consider it to one long marathon. And speaking of crazy, you were just crazy enough to cross the line of faith. Makes you kind of like those runners. But God reached down into your life. And I just believe that as we look at faith, we look at a journey very similar to that to go, there, there are ups and downs, hills, valleys, trials, tribulations. But those of us who run the race and run to win stay in it. We don't give up, even though it will take us forever, absolutely forever, to figure out what that means. So the author of Hebrews, do you know what he's saying here when he wrote that? In my opinion, this is just one guy's opinion, right? You know what he's saying? I'll tell you what I think he's saying. I think he's actually saying, written in the book 
of Hebrews in the Bible. I think he's actually saying, gang, listen to me really closely. Listen to me really clearly. I know that you think you got it figured out. And I know that it is true that you can become a Christian in a moment. That yes, you can know God in a moment. I believe that is true. But let me tell you what is real. It will take you forever to figure out what that means. It will take you forever to figure out what that means. And a lot of times what happens is, is, and this is part of the moment for everything, is that once we become a Christian, we get confused that us becoming a Christian was about our own happiness or our own joy. And by the way, side note, there is so much joy and so much happiness in being a Christian. I've never experienced anything like it. When someone is a true follower of Jesus, they are filled with joy and redemption and, and excited all the time. But I want you to also know this because this is where the tension comes in. A lot of times people who become a Christian in a moment think that Jesus died on the cross to make you happy. Jesus didn't die on the cross to make you happy. He died on the cross for the sins of humanity. And that's the tension. That's what we have to figure out. It's not just about you and this moment about your personal happiness. It's about understanding that Christ lived and died not to make you happy, but for the sins of humanity to make all all things new so that the world could experience restoration and redemption. And here's what I know about every single thing that I just said. And it will take you forever to comprehend the magnitude of that. It will take you forever to figure out what that means. This is why, how about the props, by the way, right? This is why this word is so important. Because this word could be interchanged with the word journey. Even though we've chosen the word forever, journey fits. It's this idea that yes, you can become a Christian in a moment, but it will take you forever to figure out what that means. And let me tell you this, just so we can understand each other real quick here. This message is the reason Downtown Harbor Church exists. Because we are the only church that I've ever met and ever been a part of that is willing to embrace the things that are real alongside the things that are true. When we started DHC, we talked to a lot of people. People who were a part of churches, people who weren't a part of churches, people who have a long history with church, some no experience with church. And here's what they told us. Here's what people told us. They go, hey, I, I, I don't want to come to church because I had doubts. They, I, I have doubts and I don't know what to do with them. We said, bring your doubts, bring them here. And then, and then we talked to people and they said, I don't, I don't know that I want to come to church and be a part of a church because I've tried this before and I don't fit in because I have struggles. I, 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 listen, bring them here. We all got struggles. You get across the table from somebody, whether it's a happy hour or a cup of coffee or a lunch, and you really get real and deep and somebody talks to you about their struggles, you realize that you are not alone. Bring your struggles, downtown Harbor Church. We, we, we talked to people and they said, I don't understand it all. And then what was the straw that broke the camel's back for why we started DHC and why we created this entity is because the next thing that people said broke our hearts. It broke our hearts to the point that we had to do something about it. 
Because you know that if your heart has been broken for something and it's broken for something for long enough, sometimes you have no choice but to act. Because they said this to us as well, the local church won't let me do it there. I can't go there. I have doubts. I have struggles. I, I, I don't understand it all. And they won't give me room to, to think and learn and grow and to have conversations. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And they won't let me say I don't know. That's why DHC is here. That's why it exists. Here's the tension. Here's two things I believe. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You can know God in a moment. And yes, it will take you forever to figure out what that means. Yes, it will. I've known people, including myself, who've been Christians now for a long time. And we're still on this journey together. We're still trying to figure it out. But I know one thing that Jesus saved my life. And without him, I, probably in couple other folks in this room right here might be in a gutter somewhere. If you think I'm joking, listen to some stories sometimes. So what's the practical? What do you do with a message like this here at downtown Harbor Church? What do you do? Because I just think and I just believe that it's so important for us to understand that the practical of this message is really, really important to our future. And I just believe this. The first practical is this. It's going to be simple today. Stay with me. Number one, take an inventory of your own faith. Take an inventory of your own faith. Where are you at today? Are you, are, are you ready to cross the line of faith? Are you ready to become a Christian in a moment and get on this journey with us? Because I'll tell you this, it's the best way to live. Trust me, hands down. Where are you in your own faith? Maybe are you on that marathon and you're about at mile six and you're going, man, I need some water. I'm ready to give up. Where, where are you? Today, as we reflect and close and as you leave here, I want you to take inventory of your own faith. And then I want you secondarily to embrace the tension. Embrace the tension. It's the idea that we're okay with the phrase, I don't know. We're okay with saying, this is going to take me a long time to figure out, but yes, I can know God in a moment. Uh, but yes, I can know God, but yet I don't know everything about God. He's a mystery. Yes, I have trust in God and who he is, but man, I got some doubts, right? This is okay. Jesus' own disciples struggled with this. Talk about a band of misfits. John talked about that last week. And then lastly, it's just simple. Understand this is a marathon and not a sprint. Look at the future. There's one big path ahead of you. You're running and God's got you. Even though you don't have everything figured out, even though you might encounter some rough patches and some rough roads, God's got you. All we have to do is step back and embrace the tension that exists in the reality of these things. Let me pray for us. Father, for who you are, God, we're so thankful. And first of all, 
There may be people in this room who say, yes, I, I want to become a Christian today in a moment. I, I, it's time. I've thought about it for too long. I've struggled with it for too long. I, I, I want to cross that line of faith. Um, if that is you in this room, just pray alongside me real quick. Lord Jesus, come into my life and heart. I want to embrace who you are. I believe that you are who you say that you are, which is the risen Messiah. Please come in and change my life for the better, following after you, a life rooted in love, a life rooted in community. And God, we know that you're so quick to hear and answer those prayers. God, I th so thank you for today's message and the people in the room who just need to hear it or need to pass it along to somebody else. This is so key and so important. And God, we're just so quick to say thank you for the tension. The tension is beautiful because you created it and that we're not you and we admit that, but we love you and we want to seek after you with all that we do. We love you. We thank you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.